0: yarrow
1: <laughs> 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 greetings heathens. welcome to hail satan This is the podcast exploring Satanism, culture, and life in general through the eyes of modern Satanists. My name is Joseph Rose. I'm a member of an amazing independent congregation called Satanic Delco, and we welcome members from anywhere in the world. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, just visit satanicdelco.com. Today, I'm going to share a recent roundtable discussion that satanic Delco held on the Satanic Temple's fifth tenet. Before we get into that, let's just acknowledge a few wonderful Satanists that have joined us through Patreon. We've got Michael, Behemoth, Ariana, Colin, Weibke, Weibke, Priestess, Joseph, Whitney, Amy, Nikki, Chard, Chard, Taylor, Rebecca, and Fip thank you all very, very much. It's always really nice to have new people join us and to get to know everyone a bit. I appreciate the support very much. And this is the spot on the program where I used to read listener mail, which I haven't been doing lately. And I know this episode will be a little long, so I won't do it now. But I just want to acknowledge the tons of really great supportive messages I've been getting related to my most recent episode, which was the Satanic Circle Jerk. Let me briefly explain a little of the backstory of that episode. I was probably a little emotional when I recorded it, and I was hesitant to release it for whatever reason. I had actually decided not to release it. I posted it up on our Patreon just as a bonus episode for members only. And after a day or two, I'd heard from a few people with really nice things to say about it and suggestions that I should in fact release it as a normal episode. So I changed course and I did release it. And based on the feedback I've been getting, it really hit home with many of you. For me, it has proven to be an empowering, confidence-building situation. As a man who deeply identifies as an outsider, it's always really nice to have members of the community express such sincere support for where I'm coming from. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has taken time to write to me about that. It's been really nice. If you have a moment, please visit the website at HailSatanPodcast.com. You will find links to join me on social media, a forum to send me an email, and a link to join up with us all on Patreon. We have a few different tiers to choose from with various benefits, including the amazing Greetings from Hell Satanic Postcard of the Month Club. That is the most direct way you can support me and this show. If you'd like to do that, visit hailsatanpodcast.com. All right. As I said, some members of Satanic Delco gathered together recently to discuss tenet number five. Let's listen in to some of that conversation. We're talking about the fifth tenet of the Satanic Temple, and that fifth tenet is. Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. How do we want to begin? I can begin. I don't usually, but I can begin. My problem is the wording that says one's best scientific understanding of the world. And that relates it to the individual. Now, of course, that makes sense, right? We only can count on ourselves. We have to rely on our own information and what we believe or trust to be true. But in reality, none of us have anything that could be considered a complete, accurate, scientific understanding of the world. You know, we all have our areas of interest and areas that we're completely ignorant to, most likely. But Nowadays, because of modern technology, really our knowledge isn't limited in that way. We have access to the collective's understanding of the world. So if I were to change this tenet, I would simply edit it to say, beliefs should conform to our best scientific understanding of the world rather than one's best. And in fact, I don't know if everyone is aware of it or not, but the satanic temple's tenets have gone through many edits over time. They started out as nine tenets. They were some very different ones in there. So in the early days, they went through some real significant edits. And then over the last few years, they've gone through minor edits here and there. And in an earlier version of the tenets around 2013, 2014, that's actually what it said. It did say, belief should conform to our best scientific understanding of the world. Um, but they felt some need to change it. Uh, And I like it the other way. I actually think our best feels more right to me because you know the example I use is uh, some people in their best scientific understanding of the world maintain that the earth is flat. And that is their best scientific understanding. They'll tell you why they believe that. They'll give you a source and they'll give you their theory. And that's what they understand to be true. But luckily, if we were to consult the collective understanding, then we learn that that isn't very true. So that is, to me, the fatal flaw of this tenet. Uh, Let's see. Who has a hand up? Carter.
2: So I got to push back a little bit there because I think the second half of this tenet is what addresses people like flat earthers Uh, and those who uh, all sorts of stuff like flat earthers, denying climate change, stuff like that. That's people cherry picking bits of research uh, to create some different narrative. And I'm fine with one's own or like our uh, collective understanding, but that the struggle is, and, and for scientists as well, um, is to not cherry pick, you know, it's confirmation bias is the reason that we have double blind medical studies. And it's, it's easy for people to unintentionally pay more attention to or cherry pick specific results or specific outcomes. And I really appreciate that this tenet talks about the best understanding because the way science works is it's measurements of things that are observable. Uh, and it's not to the scientific experiments or the scientific method never proves anything. It only fails to disprove things. So our understanding and our lack of our our gray areas, our lack of understanding things are always going to be changing. So I'm okay with either of those versions.
1: Yeah, the the second part there never distorts scientific facts to fit one's belief that fits right in there with a confirmation bias. If you go into studying something or or asking questions about something and you already have a feeling about it i guess that subconscious confirmation bias comes into play and you know maybe nudges you in the direction of what you believe or what you want to believe we've heard many arguments that christians have you know we we talk about the christians a lot and their beliefs and the way that they may or may not conflict with science i tend to believe that a lot of it does, of course, conflict with science, but they come into it with a belief and there's a lot of mental gymnastics that go on to connect the dots in a way that work for them and their version of the universe. Um, so I get what you're saying. Thank you, Carter. Uh, Sophia, you're up.
3: Joseph. Um, so when... I knew when I heard this was going to be the tenant we were talking about um, it made me instantly think about the time um, that I posted on our group saying that there was a moment where I was talking to another Satanist um, and they quoted something that made me scratch my head, which was that they believe Lucifer Grieves, is that his name, that he was Satan in body form. And I was scratching my head. I was like, that, but we don't believe And like, we don't believe there is a heaven or hell or a God or the devil. So how can you as a Satanist say that? Because it kind of looks hypocritical. Um, Yeah,
1: it sure does.
3: It it made me realize that um, with Satanism, you can't really mix it with um, other things um, because then it kind of distorts the scientific fact you have for Satanism. Like a lot of people had a hard time um, when it came to mixing Wicca with Satanism. Sure. Because I remember there was like a big controversy with it, I guess. That tenant reminded me of when my friend said that. But it also made me think like I had to step back and just listen to what he had to say.
1: Yeah. And I but mean, even- you know, there's so many. That one is such a, I mean, that is just a wild one. There's so many parts of it. Mm-hmm. For a moment, let us pretend that Satan is a real being that exists in hell or Wisconsin or wherever he would live and he was gonna come up and show himself and of all things of all things that satan could be here on earth he chose to be the spokesperson of a non-theistic satanic organization not like a billionaire that can control parts of the world or someone causing mass destruction or doing tremendous good, none of these things, just uh, pretending to be a non-theistic Satanist. What a choice to make.
3: Yes, it definitely is. Um, It also made me think of uh, my mother, which we we all have heard. My mother is a very interesting character. Um, She is a um, conservative Southern Baptist Christian, but she is also a biochemist. Uh, um, yeah. and she had uh, made a statement before when I was a little bit younger where she said that aliens were actually angels <laughs> and it it made me scratch my head and I'm like, so angels drive UFOs. yeah I thought angels had wings.
1: yeah now I mean, what what was your mom's job again?
3: She was a biochemist professor.
1: Yes, I mean obviously, above-average education happening there. I, I assume she presents as a functional, bright woman in real life?
3: Very cutthroat yeah. type of woman.
1: Yeah. It is, it is wild, right, how people can compartmentalize these things. You know, she's, like I said, you know, she's a smart woman. She's got an education. She knows. She's a scientist, literally,
3: Mm hmm.
1: And yet there we are.
3: And I'm just I'm like, I'm trying to understand where she's she's coming from with a, a lot of these things because she um, her religion does clash with her uh, scientific belief because she does pick and choose what she wants to believe is real.
1: Yeah. Have uh, you discussed this type of thing with her?
3: Yes. And, um, the hard thing is, is this woman is a, is a woman that wants to be right. So she (laughs) will sit there and debate with you about, and she will give you a PowerPoint presentation (laughs) on why she is correct on this.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, can you, can you have her do that? Because I would love to see it. (laughs) I would, I would, I would love to hear an educated, intelligent person describe this, you know, like connect the dots for me. I'm, it, mm-hmm. it it must be i don't know i don't know i want to say it must be interesting and and i don't know i mean maybe i maybe it isn't maybe it would seem ridiculous but maybe there's some level of detail where you can you can be like okay i i don't agree but i can see what you're saying i i can't even imagine yeah. myself saying that honestly um it
3: was um it was kind of like there was a point where um she had explained to us that she also believed hobbits were real
4: and she had shown
3: us a a, a video it was actually a documentary of these people um i can't remember technically where they were but they were in caves and they found these very small bones and when they put them together there it formed a small person um and they found a lot of these and she showed me the whole document where they put the the bones together. They did the whole computer thing where they actually showed what they look like, and <laughs> she was like, "Now, don't you go telling the church that I believe in this." Right. In Christianity, they believe that there was only God, man, woman, and animals. There wasn't like there was giants, but um, and angels, but there wasn't really any mention of like hobbits. So. Yeah. For her to sit there and say, I believe hobbits are real, but then come back and say, but don't, I don't, don't go telling the church.
1: Yeah. She is, she's like simultaneously betraying her religion and her science.
3: That's where I find it really funny.
1: Yeah. She's really by herself on this stuff. I mean, not by herself. I'm sure there are others, but in her case, you know, she's, Mm -hmm. she can't talk about this with her (laughs) church people. And I don't know, I, I'd imagine that this theory might not be that welcomed among the scientific community either. It
3: That's why this tenet, I, I like it because it kind of like it, it tests you to see, like, are you really trying to base your actual beliefs on scientific proof or are you kind of distorting it a bit?
1: Yeah, the. The exercise, I guess it's easy for us to call it critical thinking or um, I don't know what else you might want to call it. But when you have a belief, you know, you, you think maybe you're pretty right about a thing, especially if it's something newer to you. It never hurts to go through at least a short a short effort of trying to prove yourself wrong. Call it double checking. You know, ask yourself the hard questions Try to imagine if you don 't have direct access to an opposing viewpoint, try to play that role yourself you know well what what could be wrong with this? What would I need to prove this? What would make sense? you know what would be convincing enough evidence uh, for this to seem plausible or or likely yeah, um, yeah. and and without that i don 't know i mean if you just if you just take something and believe it and run with it well then what the fuck are we doing? You know, we're doomed if that's the way everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then
3: everybody else would be believing that aliens are going to come down and take over the world.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. something like
3: very bizarre like that. Cause many people believe that that's, what's going to happen, which I find funny.
1: Yeah. Or any number of wild ideas, like, like there's um, an uh, omnipotent uh, sky daddy that created the earth in a week about, I don't know, six or 7,000 years ago. Uh, people are going to believe wild shit if they don't. That sounds already.
3: exhausting. It
1: is. Uh, is that good for you, Sophia?
4: Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Kirsten. You're up. Go ahead.
4: Um, so uh, I guess I'll, I'll go back to uh, Joseph. You started by making a point about how the wording says one's best scientific understanding of the world, uh, rather than our best, you know, collective understanding of of the world. Yeah. Um, and then Carter, you spoke about how. Basically, the, your point being, you still have to have a scientific, you know, understanding of the world. You can't just be you can't distort your the facts um, to fit your own, you know, whatever you needed to be in your own mind. But I actually I, I agree with Joseph about the wording of the tenant really being just just referring to your own one's best understanding of the world. Um because first of all, you mentioned that it used to say our, um, and, and you have to wonder what the change was about, you know, like if it didn't change the meaning, then they wouldn't have changed it. So that's, you know, what I think the the difference is in in the meaning, um, of the tenant. Um, uh, but I think saying your own understanding of the world allows for, um, a lack of knowledge basically, um, rather than just, you know, it doesn't allow for, um, you to, to, you know, to sort facts and things like that, but it allows you for free you to not have all of the information. Um, and then that the other thing that I think that that allows for, I think, Gnosticism and theism um, within tst satanism because okay so even though the tst says we are a non-theistic and non-supernaturalist organization you're still free to join you're still free to be a member and part of that might be because you know what is what is membership you know (laughs) Um,
1: don't get me started um, about what that
4: is (laughs) so yeah i mean the on the other side of it too like membership is you put your name on an email list so like who are they to be like don't sign up for our email list yeah. and then maybe buy merch or, or maybe support, you know, us in other ways. Yeah. Um, but, but aside from that, it does just allow for a lack of knowledge in um, not just in TST Satanism, but like within the scientific community almost because, and I just took the science lesson on, the, like, I'm doing the non-ordination coursework for the TS through the TST Ministries program. Yeah. And there's a section on science that they really go into. Um, um as like a whole, there's three lessons on science, um, history and philosophy and, and democracy. And it allows for a lack of um, I think it allows for those things to exist and like coexist from science because it's not, you know, it's not testable to say there is or isn't a God, you know, because you can only like the only like outcome is you prove the existence of God or you don't, you cannot really prove that he does not exist. Um, um, And that's true for all supernatural stuff. That's why it's supernatural and not, you know, whatever. Um, But it's not science still because it's not testable and it's not falsifiable. Um, And that doesn't make it not true. Although probably everybody in TST in practice would say it's not true. Uh, to believe in ghosts or God, but it—it's almost—it's understandable how some people could say, or how that you could go could coexist in some people to have some kind of supernatural belief and also to be a scientist, because you can't prove it's not true. Um, now that isn't the crit—like the the logical conclusion from that should not be to assume that this supernatural thing exists. Um, but uh, we can't all be um, 100%
1: logical all the time to believe in anything there has to be some evidence of it or it has to be made up even if it was real like let's we'll use god as an example okay if god is real the only way we could know about it is having some evidence or it's made up <laughs> i mean what else is there even if god is real we don't know it he hasn't shown himself we have no evidence of it so for us to know about it that's it 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 must be made up i don't know that that seems like an oversimplification but that's what it comes down to i think right
4: yeah and i let me let me backtrack for a second too just because i'm looking at my notes on things that i I had to say uh in practice i know a bunch of you are like no christian believer is going to come on here and be a, a a tst satanist um And uh, I don't know, I would also uh, doubt it in general, but there is sort of a cross-section, like I I forget if it was Carter or Sophia mentioned before, but with Wicca and Satanism or Paganism or um, any other religions, uh, non-traditional religions that have some theistic elements um, and, and pulling that into their Satanism.
1: The Satanic Temple does sort of invite that... I don't know, a bit of, I don't know if it's a conflict exactly, but, you know, the idea that, yeah, yeah, everybody everybody can join, everybody can fit this thing, um, regardless of your beliefs. But our core ideology says that it's not supposed to be this thing. Uh, we don't believe in the supernatural. But yeah, you can be a member anyway. And I, so, you know, then it becomes a politicized thing i don't mean literally like politicians but you know social politics like the the idea of inclusivity well why as an organization we want to be inclusive so why would we tell anybody they can't belong if they don't believe a thing well in my view you're not being mean or not inclusive or something if you say this is just a thing for people who happen to believe this. You know, if if you believe in the Christian God, you are probably drawn to Christianity. If you don't, you're probably not, and that makes sense. So if you do believe in supernatural stuff, I don't understand the point of wanting to be part of an organization that is non-theistic or against supernaturalism or any of the ways that they word it. Of course, I I do understand, you know, I I understand that there are reasons that make people want to join for so many reasons. Maybe it's community. Maybe it's the aesthetic. Maybe it's the activism. Maybe it's any number of things. But for me, if you maintain some sort of theistic beliefs, it it just makes no sense to me (laughs) to be both. But I don't, I'm also not in a position where I'm going to tell somebody, no, you can't. That's TST's job and they don't want to do that. So, so be it, I guess. Was that all for you, Kirsten?
4: Uh, I think so. I have some other things I can come back to or, or elaborate on later if all right. the conversation comes back around.
1: Thank you. Carter, you're up.
2: I think that, like you said, Kirsten, how uh, the language saying one's own provides uh, room and opportunity for people to be uninformed or ignorant. And I agree with that. And I think it's important to recognize that probably with all the tenants, this tenant included, this isn't
3: necessarily
2: um, a pass-fail checklist that you must be achieving at every moment. Uh, and with that, everybody uh, does not know a lot. Like I, I, I mean, I've I've been doing work in the sciences, like I've been doing PCRs, like part of the diagnostic stuff with COVID. I've been not doing COVID on other things, uh, but. I I don't know anything. God, I'm dumb. And I think that it's okay to use your best understanding because I might read something, read a paper, you know, one year and think of it one way and then learn a little bit more and reread it and go, oh, now I understand that a little bit more clearly. And I think it allows for growth. and, And that's okay. I work at a seminary. I, I was raised Christian. I work at a seminary. I thought it was going to be real weird. And it's not bad, actually. Um, And as long as I see people roaming around not hurting others. Now, I also think that uh, if you're in seminary, you're training to be a leader of some sort. And if you do happen to be that hate mongering kind of Christian, that's problematic. I don't want to deal with that. But a lot of people are just kind of doing their thing and creating positive uh, impact in the world in the ways they can. And they don't, they don't know the physics things that I'm referring to. Some of them do, but I'm okay with that as well. Like uh, people are allowed to be kind of dumb. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and we all, uh, like I said earlier, we all have tremendous blind spots. In fact, I would say all of us, all probably, probably everyone has more blind spots than areas of expertise. There's like three little specific things in the world I'm kind of knowledgeable or good at. And everything else, I don't know shit. Don't hire me to build a reliable rocket or design some kind of new engine. You know, I don't know shit about it. I don't know. Most of us don't.
2: I I strongly agree with you. I think that if if you encounter anyone who thinks that they the ratio of knowledge to blind spots favors knowledge i think yeah. they're uh, they, yeah. they're dangerous <laughs>
1: yeah 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 i can't imagine there are many people anywhere who that could be true for and also i guess you know when we think about this tenet maybe we have a tendency maybe at least for myself we have a tendency to think about it on somewhat of a grand scale we we think of it in terms of like important science in the world, scientific discoveries or, you know, things, you know, life and death, you know, medicines and technology and all kind of things. Those are big deals um, and things that we need to take seriously. And we hope that the people who are sort of in charge of those things are taking them seriously and are knowledgeable. But on a day-to-day basis, you can find yourself in any number of circumstances where, you know, on the fly, it's just sort of up to your best understanding at that moment. You know, and we've all done it. Oh, I got to fix this thing. Let me try and open it up and fucking let's do it. You know, um, how many times have you not read the manual? How many times have you just, you know, whatever, tried to fix the thing or Do the thing you've never done before and you're just going to wing it. Um, I do that all the time.
2: You know, on a day-to-day basis, things like that. I thought of another example of where I fall short and do not uh, reach the goal of this tenant. Like, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in the supernatural afterlife or any of that. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm terrified of them. (laughs) Right. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Not whatsoever. But yeah, it's where I am. You know, these are these are guides for us, and uh, we're going to fail. But try again. It's like oh. meditation. The whole point is to fail yeah. and keep trying.
1: Of course. Yeah. Thank you, Carter. Betty, you're up.
5: So I come from a fundamentally different place than you, and I think we know that about each other at sure. this point. I don't look at thought as something that is binary, and I try very hard not to engage in binary thought. I like to think that thoughts and beliefs are more along a spectrum than a binary true false um, dichotomy. One of the reasons I actually think that is because it's back in science that once we look at things in a binary way, we stop looking for information. Our brain just automatically assumes that's it and moves on. Um, whereas if we always try to look at things in a spectrum where there may even be a sliver of a doubt, we will continually ask questions and challenge ourselves. Um, so, I look at it as a kind of a spectrum of theism to non-theism. I don't look at that like, well, that's just doubt. So that's that's the one thing.
1: Yeah, we were chatting about this a bit in the context of like agnosticism versus yeah. atheism, maybe or 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 belief. And I guess the basic, the most basic idea is uh, if you believe something, then you believe it. If you have any feeling about it other than I believe it, then you don't believe it. I guess that's the the simplified version of it.
5: Yeah. And I look at things like a spectrum where maybe I 99.9% don't believe in something, but I always try to keep a little bit of doubt
1: right right um, or to at challenge least challenge myself yeah or at least have your mind open to like we um what's a what's an example i don't know like well, again we're all pretty convinced i think our collective understanding is that the earth is round right i mean i've not personally mm-hmm. been to space i've not personally seen it i have no choice but to sort of trust external sources of information. They show me videos that look pretty legit. I see a bunch of pictures. I watch the rockets go to space, and, and I believe most of what I'm saying, <laughs> and it seems to me that the thing is round. But if somehow one day uh, what felt like conclusive evidence came down the pike that said, nope, you guys uh, have been fooled. It's actually flat after all. Well, fuck me. I guess I'd have to change my mind. You know, I'd be open to it. Just like when I die, uh, if I do find myself in the presence of the good Lord, I'll change my mind. But I don't believe it. you're talking
5: about big things, too. There's also, like, small things that we take for granted. You know, just the way our brain processes stuff is notoriously unreliable. And that includes the scientists. Yeah. So... Even even though you're going to put your faith in science, I mean, it's, we're all we all fucked up. So, you know, having that seed of doubt that you know that reality that there could be something that you don't know, yeah, I think just helps you keep an open mind, and you know, I don't know it. It helps me. Look at my beliefs too, because like, I know I have personal biases. I have cultural biases. I have other various filters before I ever get to a conclusion. When I look at something and all those things are going to be vastly different from something that like from someone like maybe your, yours would be different from mine. And we can look at the exact same thing and see two totally different things. Yeah. Which one of us is correct. Right. That could also be why they changed the wording to one's own. Yeah. Um, The the other thing I thought was the reason they changed it was because the other one was um, more controlling or manipulative because it was our global responsibility. And then, you know, you get an ego, you know, an an over-edge lord or somebody in there.
1: Right, right. Like they
5: they take grand designs on the hour, right? If
1: it says Um, our best scientific understanding of the world, is there, it didn't really occur to me when I was thinking about it, but now that we're talking about it, if they were to keep it as our best scientific understanding, could that mm-hmm. sound to some people as though they were being self-referential? They were saying ours meaning the satanic temples. Yeah. And that I mean would the be reality weird.
5: is they control the they controlled the information that they disseminate anyways. But yeah, I'm pretty sure like that's what I was thinking when I was trying to figure out why they changed the name. And I was trying to figure it out, and I thought that maybe it was more because of the way the word sounded, but I don't
1: know. Yeah, I hadn't really considered that until just now, But because if I were to read that, I guess that wouldn't be my first thought. I wouldn't think, oh, the Satanic Temple's best idea, but I could see how some people might interpret it that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, again, these things are vague, and they are left very open to interpretation, so it wouldn't shock me at all to find that some people did interpret it that way yeah and uh I guess generally, like what we've been talking about here, there's levels of it, and I guess you know, on a small day to day basis, we're gonna have these things and and like you say, keeping room um to have something else be proven correct or to have your mind change or to you know be undecided about things um, but i guess I guess the threshold uh a more practical threshold for it would be. Um, believing something enough or not to have it affect the way you like carry yourself or um, affect you know your functional belief system. For example, we here in this Zoom we have the same amount of evidence for the existence of God as every Christian has, which is to say, none of us have any evidence whatsoever. But some people are willing to um, look past that enough to live their life as a Christian and just go with it and say, well, I don't have the evidence. I've not seen it or touched it, but I believe, and that's enough, and I'm going to run my life that way, whereas other people, you know, we need um, we need more. You know, we would need more evidence before we were willing to say, yep, I was wrong. I'm going to go to church now. Um yeah but we should it it certainly is healthy generally to have your mind open to whatever the truth is, um which I guess is the whole point of the tenet, certainly the the second half of it. um Is that good for you right now, Betty?
6: Yeah, sure.
1: Thank you. who's up, Axel?
6: All right, so there's this knowing versus believing. So if you know something, you don't believe in it because you know it. the The things that you can or cannot believe in are things that there is no way for you to know one way or the other. Um, so it is big things. It is god things. It is things that we seem to have, you know, more information into it could sway it one way or the other. Um, but at that point, you would be knowing more than believing. <clears throat> so I am towards the binary sense on the believing and not believing. Uh, the agnosticism for me doesn't it doesn't come into being in, in between of belief, but being in an in between of um, a question of worship. So if you're doubting, doubt will dissolve the belief completely, even if it's just a little bit. Because now, then you're looking for a piece of proof that's gonna sway you to the believe in. Um, but the question in that is, because you don't know it, you you have to choose one or the other, and the being in between, at least for me, one because I, I I did in the past kind of thought of myself a, I did say I was agnostic, but it wasn't a question of um, I didn't believe in God, but I didn't know that I w- I wouldn't be saying that I. That I said that God doesn't exist Because I wouldn't know that right? But it was a question of worship for me If there was a God that comes And arises undeniably Which means you don't have to believe in that God anymore Because we know it, that it exists That is here, his presence, it has presented itself um, Would you worship it? And in that sense then It, the, it, it comes very easy To choose whether you're going to be A theist in your lifestyle And how you're going to lead your life And, and your thoughts and behavior and how you see the world versus
1: yeah. the atheist yeah um, if to to take the, to take yeah. the step of <laughs> worshiping for example if, if we're talking about a God if you're to get to the point where you're sincerely worshiping a God I think it requires that you already have belief yes if you're unsure if you're agnostic to God then I would find it strange for anyone to be in that position and worshiping the God.
6: Yeah. But sometimes they will worship because you would be agnostic, but be in a theistic behavior in your
1: agnosticism. You would
6: feel agnostic toward agnostic.
1: um, Yeah. And and if you go through the action, if you go through the action of worshiping something that you're not quite sure about, if you're like, well, I'm not sure. So just to be on the safe side, I'm going to worship it um, just in case it's real. So
6: then, you're a theist.
1: Um, yeah, but but also, agnostic, like, does your worshiping atheist, count? Right?
6: You're agnostic and into maybe you're not so sure that you're believing in it. Yeah, but you are a theistic in your behavior and how you choose to lead your life. Yeah, well, and um, does
1: the worshiping count because it's not really sincere? You exactly. Know? If you don't have belief, <laughs> yeah. then you're just going through the motions. You're just saying prayers for the hell of it. You know, it's like, well, I sit okay. here, I sit here in this chair, and I pray to the Lord all the time. Kirsten has seen me do it. Um, I don't really think anybody's listening. Um, and so if he is up there, he's probably like, fuck you, dude, I'm not going to answer your prayers. You don't even think I'm really real. Um, which explains why none of my prayers have ever been answered. Of course.
6: So I I used to say a lot, I would be agnostic, but with an atheistic behavior. So I would go about my life and do about my reasoning as if there is no God, but not Being completely on the lane, because if a God were to arise or if it was to show to be shown to me that it is real, one, I would not believe in it anymore. I would know it. And two, I didn't know um, what I really didn't know was whether I would worship at that point or not. When I realized that I wouldn't worship, even if there was one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then I went like, yes, I'm an atheist. There is no God. And if one arises, then, you know, it's still true. I believe there is no God. And now I know there is and I still Goodbye.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess even better, maybe, maybe a word even better than belief is maybe faith, right? Like kind of the same thing, but a little different. Like I believe that the earth is round, you know, I believe that, or I trust it or however you want to word it. But if you just put your faith in something that is a little different, that feels a little less connected to anything tangible. Is that good for you now Axel? Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Kirsten, you're back.
4: I, I want to go back and sort of clarify that I, that I I do agree with what's been said about yeah, there are certain there, there certainly is a collective idea of what is good science and what is bad science I guess or what is not science. Sure. Um, and definitely the satanic temple as an organization wants, you know, real legit good science. Like, I don't think, I don't think they would have a lot of respect for the flat earthers of the world, you know? Um, But I do think that the tenant as it is written sort of allows for differing scientific opinions. Um, But uh, I just wanted to, I guess I'll just move on to say that if anyone is, is curious the the, the ordination coursework does have a, one of the lessons, the second lesson and in the science section is about the philosophy of science and defining what is science and what is not science. Um, um, so they do sort of address that. They do say, here's what um, what is sort of required to make something science uh, and that you know, presumably at a certain point in your um, life and in your satanic journey, if you care enough to really get involved in the satanic temple, um, that you're, you're sort of conforming to their ideas of what science is. Um, but they do address the the issues that were, I think it was Carter was talking about earlier, where, for I mean, it's in the tenet itself about misrepresenting science to conf- to, to meet your own beliefs. But they also address, um like, those, you know, pseudoscientific circles where they just cite each other and and they um, like, for example, a flat earthers are all only ever sourcing flat earth conspiracy websites and stuff like that. They're not ever gonna go cite scientific evidence that says that the earth is round. Right. Yeah, No, that's what th- is out there, the rest of it's there. Um, so even though um, that exists, and you could argue that your small minority of, of people just citing each other in, in, uh, in circles is science to you. Uh, TST certainly would, as an organization, I would, I would say is, is like, no, you, you aren't meeting the test here. You are um, not responsive to criticism. Um, you're again, citing yourself and.
1: But would they accept a flat earther as a member?
4: I didn't accept anybody as a member. Exactly.
1: But, <laughs> I'm just uh, checking. Yeah.
4: Yeah. But, um, so, and there's, I, I I don't know. There's a whole lesson on it. That's probably like 20 minutes long. So I'm not going to say the whole lesson, but they do explain in there what meets like their, their definition of science, which is probably the accepted definition of science. Um,
1: Do they, I did the course. I don't remember. It's been a little while. Do they reference in any way the scientific method in general or what is sort of the the summary of it?
4: I remember you talking about the scientific method before, that that's what you use to define science, that it meets the scientific method. Um, they did not specifically describe the scientific method, quote unquote, right. uh, but they define science, they say hallmarks of science are that there's empirical content, um, responsiveness to evidence, including intersubjective verifiability and falsifiability, Right. Uh, responsiveness to the scientific community, uh, clearly articulated standards of evidence, Responsiveness to criticism and also recognized avenues for criticism.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's things. that to me that that sounds like the scientific method just without saying it. That's basically yeah. the deal.
4: Uh, and they also go on to find like testability things have to be testable, right. um, which is, you know, leads into, you know, if it's not testable, it's not falsifiable. They define what makes something testifiable. The satanic temple would say this is what science is. Um, but yeah, the tenant I believe, as it is written, whatever their reason for changing it, if it if it's because it allows for um, your an individualistic perspective, or if it's because of uh, what Betty mentioned about it being self-referential to say "our," uh, regardless of the reason that it changed, it does seem to change the meaning um, to allow for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's certainly. I just really wish that the Satanic Temple made its membership aware of amendments to the tenants when they get made. When changes get made, I wish they would say so and maybe give a little explanation of why. And they don't do that. And I don't expect they ever will, but I just wish they would, you know, that would, that could be important.
4: And I mean, even to add that, I think it could be important. And I think I I can, I can see both sides of of why they would or wouldn't want to do this, but I feel like there should be some sort of, I don't know. I don't want to say that there should be, because I I can understand why they don't want to do this. Uh, But it would be an option, I guess, for the, the writers of the tenants, or even just the leadership of the temple in general to have some sort of essays on each of the tenants to explain themselves a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the other side of it is they wouldn't want to do that because I do think that they want it to be inclusive. And, and I think that they're written very carefully to say exactly what they, what they want them to say and not much more. So to do essays like that uh, would be writing more than. Yeah. Like, um, for
1: example, we have um, the Church of Satan has the Satanic Bible. And, of course, Anton wrote other books and other books have been written after that. But, but the primary text, uh, the basis of it all is the Satanic Bible. Now, in addition to that, LeVay, Gilmore, after him, and others have written countless essays about topics that were covered in the Satanic Bible and plenty that weren't, you know? And so you can go and get much more detailed explanations of many facets of the Church of Satan or the Satanic Bible or any of that. Um, you know, they have essays specifically about their stance on politics and and you name it, just all, all across the board. There are countless essays that have been accumulating for years. And I do wish we had a bit of that. But again, it goes it's outside the scope of our conversation here. But to do that would be counter to the reasons why the satanic temple makes the tenets so vague. Um, I believe, you know, intentionally, but man, it would be nice. If I had my choice, I'd rather have that information.
4: Yeah. That's, I mean, and what you just said is exactly what I mean about why they would not necessarily want to to elaborate on them.
1: Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kirsten. Uh, Axel, you're up.
6: So on the tenets, this, this one and the people are fallible one were the two that actually were the deal maker for me to actually to, Oh yeah. To say, Oh yeah, I'm a Satanist. Like this is, this is for me. Yeah. Um, cause it, on top of agreeing with the other stuff, which is very general and kind of off the bat and it's just, you know, be kind kind of thing yeah. with reason. Um, these two were the ones that didn't lock any of the others in it calls for constant, not, you know, periodic, at least if not constant reflection, on why you're doing what you're doing and to change it as things show themselves to be in ways that you didn't see before.
1: So I'd say those are the two most important for me. Yeah, it's definitely good. It would, it would be exhausting to (laughs) literally in the front of our minds be constantly pounding away at everything we believe to try and knock it loose just to be sure. But it's very healthy to keep a bit of that, let that always exist in the background as a general part of your personal philosophy of just, let's make sure, you know, let's have a good foundation. Um, Let's not get stuck in our ways or stuck in ideas. And when evidence comes along that is contrary to what we want to be true, we have to be open to it, whether we like it or not.
6: Yeah. And reevaluate as new information comes along, as new experiences come along. Yeah, and, and the perspective on how the world works and how you navigate it, you know, comes along with that experience and and the information that we have access to now that we never had before. So
1: yeah, there are probably scenarios where information comes along that is connected to something that's personal to you, and and it might be hard to change your mind or admit to yourself, and 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 I also imagine that. If you are a person involved in some i don't know important function in the sciences some you may have worked for decades you know with some idea in mind, and then something comes along that just tears all that to shreds, and we have to just deal with that, yeah,
6: yeah, I think this one combined with the people are fallible one becomes. Like a way to remind, to remember, to kind of set yourself aside and try to look at things more objectively, and then put yourself in there as a factor and see how that works with you in it. So it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. I mean, it's it's, it's the one that can that does and undoes um, satanism for me.
1: Yeah, it's a They're lot. It's a lot to think about. To <laughs> yeah. Shit is complicated. <laughs> you good, Axel? That's yeah, that's it. All right, thank you, Betty. You're up
5: you guys were talking about change and how hard it is to admit that things need to change. And I was just thinking, it's like, you know, when you identify with your beliefs so closely and you grip onto them so closely, like maybe you become conceptually sort of in, in from your beliefs, you are your belief. You know, there's a lot of people who get, when they first come to Satanism, they become like walking Satanism incarnate. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like they eat, breathe and sleep and shit, Satanism. And it's like, oh, my God, do you guys not do anything else? Um, (laughs) You know, but that's just like that's part of, you know, it's part of the newness. It's part of the like it's like new relationship energy, you know, and I get it. But when we identify with our beliefs that closely, it's really hard to accept new information. You know, like, and that's, I think, where the challenge lies when we hold on to our beliefs as static things, Yeah, Um, because it's, it becomes, it becomes very difficult to accept new information when you identify with a particular concept and that concept is crystallized for you.
1: Sometimes it might even just be, maybe you don't like the truth that comes to light, you know, like imagine again, this is, Maybe silly, but you know we're all hanging out one day, and simultaneously on CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and everybody on Twitter and everywhere, everybody is shouting, "Oh my gosh, they they have proof. God is real. They saw him. Uh, they called him on a telescope or whatever. We've got it. God is real, guys. Now you know." Would you be like, "Oh wow, that's awesome. God is real. Now that's intense." Or would you just be like, no fucking way? There's no fucking way. I don't believe it. I don't care. I, I don't I, care what CNN says. I don't care if Neil deGrasse Tyson says it. This cannot be.
5: My my initial knee-jerk reaction is show me the proof.
1: Right. Yeah. That
5: is the first thing I think. It's not yes, it is, or no, it's not. It's show me the proof. I want to know more information. Yeah. That's my, and I think that's where I get, you know, that's because like, that's how I try to work my brain and get it to keep being open-minded. So yeah, right. my first thing is, okay, so show me the proof. Like, I, I want to see this. Like, I'm I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Because, and when we, we like, put so much- I don't
5: fucking believe it, but yeah. I do fucking believe it because <laughs> if you're, everybody's saying it, then well, I want to see what's going on because, you know, it could be a mass hallucination.
1: Who knew? <laughs> yeah. And there's tons, you know, we were talking about how Most of us are mostly ignorant to most things in the world. Um, We don't Mm -hmm. understand all of the crazy, at least I don't. You know, Speaking for myself, I don't understand every quantum physics thing that gets fucking discovered or worked out by somebody somewhere. And they can have it. They can discover it and prove it and peer review it to death. I'm still not going to understand any of it. So they can tell me, like, we did this thing with the uh, this particle in this controlled environment, and here's what we've discovered. Well, I don't know. I don't know what that means, and I don't know what you did, and I can't have a feeling about it, so I just have to trust you. And well, it- yeah,
5: but I'd be more likely to trust a bunch of scientists than a whole bunch of people on Twitter.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah.
5: you have to look at the pools of people and populations <laughs> you've just given me to choose from. Of course, um, yeah. I'm going to go with the scientists on this one. Yeah,
1: yeah. The scientists tell the news, and the news tells Twitter, and Twitter tells us, and we figure out what's real somehow.
5: That was my thought.
1: Thank you, Betty. Giovanni.
0: Yeah, it's... Um think sometimes we hold on to even I like sometimes hold on to witchcraft and stuff like that, because as humans, we want some sort of accumulation of the soul. We don't just want to believe that nothing in the world matters and we're nihilist and we, we hold on to science and that. There there's no meaning we don't wanna be like that. If anyone see Rick and Morty, if anyone's ever seen that show, we don't wanna be like a Rick Sanchez type person. So it's kind of like how do we embrace science while not being a total nihilist as like my my soul doesn't exist, the accumulation of my my um of everything doesn't matter because biology my brain's gonna stop working when i'm dead the earth's gonna be destroyed by global warming and living in that state of kind of uh scientific pessimism
1: i don't know the context but i know we've discussed it a bit just the idea that sometimes the reality can be depressing to some people you know the idea that you might die and when you do it's just fucking over that's it. You're no you're no better than the bug you stepped on and and it didn't go to heaven and you're not going either. You're just dirt. Um, that's depressing to some people, and I get it. I, I get how it could be. It could be scary, it could be depressing, you know, any of these things. It's you like to think you, you spend decades walking around the earth doing things that you think are cool or in a Important and forming relationships and then one day, bam, you just wake up dead and it's all over and it meant nothing. I guess that's one way to look at it. Was that all you had, Giovanni?
0: Yeah, just that um, philosophical thing for people to think of. I think the accumulation of our souls still
1: matters. Thank you, Gio. Uh, Carter, you're up.
2: The, during the pandemic, the pandemic is uh, a time where we're confronted with a lot of uh, the difficulties of science that information changes and then we have to adapt and we're not well suited to do that. Yes. We don't like that. That's not something this human animal does uh, to the point where I believe I, I can't recall anything about it. So I'm not, I'm not credible at all. But at one point I'd heard uh, uh, like a headline of a research thing where uh, if somebody, they, they, they told people the subjects of the research that they were going to be lied to, and then they lied to them. And then later, I forget under what situations, uh, the people who knew they were being lied to were recalling that content as fact, uh, mm-hmm. because we we have problematic ways in how we retain things and remember things. But specifically about the pandemic, um, one thing that I've been saying to people that is really focused more on the placebo effect than, you know, like the physics of science um, is that, you know, like if you think something works, do it. So like, I think airborne helps. It's just a multivitamin with extra zinc in it. It's not anything special or magical or whatever, but for some reason, I think it works. So I take it. And there are other things that people think work. And when they follow that people tend to, do better, um, either with getting sick or not getting sick or in recovery. So right. that's, well, yeah, that's, that's something that I need to, I, I continue to explore in relation to this tenet. but then also um, the questions of how, how do we navigate difficult situations um, using science and logic, but then also I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. So the example I think of, is uh, I've done research with frogs and frogs uh, globally, species are dying, um, like massive extinctions uh, from chytridiomycosis, so the chytrid, uh, a disease that some frog species don't get at all and others just blip face of the earth, off the face of the earth completely. Mm. So what different places have been doing, there's this place in Panama, there are a few places that have been collecting species of frogs as fast as they can. (laughs) And there are so many species now that are extinct in nature, but alive in terrariums in these refuges. They can never be released. There's no cure for chytrid. It's spreading everywhere, at least as far as we know now. So they can never be released. Why keep them? And I don't have um, a logical mathematical reason as to why we should continue to uh, conserve these species as we're able, you know, you could go real dark with it and, uh, you know, say for test subjects and this and that, but, but there's, any em- the emotional part of me feels passionately that, yes, we do need to keep grabbing these species as fast as we can before they're gone. And I don't think I have a great, uh, reasonable scientific reason why.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, especially with that, like, look, so many of us are just generally animal lovers, or just have a interest or fascination with nature and and science generally. You know, like, I fucking love watching nature documentaries and animal shows of all kinds. You know, I really love it, but I also think, uh, you know, we're always talking about save this, save that, let's save the polar bears, save the whatever animal, and the the number of species that have come and gone extinct throughout all of the years of the world is astronomical. We'll never know, but it's a shocking number and, and more of them go extinct every day. And that's life. That's just real life. That's just nature being nature. And so here we are, you know, we're humans. We're top of the food chain because, you know, we can invent refrigerators and rockets and shit and so we've decided to be the protector of certain other animals. Uh, we can't let them go extinct. We're going we're gonna to try to change the course of nature. But because we are nature, then our interventions, I guess, are nature, right? But it's weird. We've just decided we can't let this frog go extinct. Why? I don't know.
2: Well, but I think I think some of the reason that there is such passion in general about preventing further extinctions is because the background extinction rate exists. Absolutely. Most animals that have existed, most plants that have existed are extinct. That's just most of it. You know, it's it's a pretty long timeline. Yeah. But but the the changes that are happening now, the extinction rate that is through the roof. It's astronomical compared to what it's been historically. Are because of things that we've done, you know, and we can go through the chain of uh, research sources, citations that identify the carbon in the air and the different this and that, industrial revolution, etc. But there has been, if you don't want to get into the causation of it, there has been significant uh, change in our environment with the changes in humans uh yeah, and sure. yeah and so i think that that sure that you can say yeah that's part of nature because we are part of nature we're animals uh but we're also the animal causing the greatest difference and changes in our environment so then and we're the ones that know about it and have the ability to intervene.
1: Yeah. When I, when I say it's all just nature, we're nature, we're unique, of course, in the animal kingdom because we can create factories that spew pollution into the environment and drive cars and do all the things that we do that affect the earth in, in ways that uh, maybe are unique to the present day. Um, again, I, I guess a counterpoint to that is that because the timeline is so long it's easy to look at even if we want to look at all of human civilization you know that's a pretty big chunk if you're a human but if you're an earth it's not that big of a chunk and the earth has seen other anomalies happen you know that aren't the norm you know one day dinosaurs are playing nice and the next day dunzo You know, that's not normal, but it did happen. And and us fucking shit up the way we do is in the grand scheme of things, not normal, but it is happening. What do we do about it? What do we think about it? I have no idea. At this point, I'm stoned now. Uh, Thank you very much. And so I'm going to start having weird stoner thoughts about nature and humanity. Was that good for you, Carter?
2: Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you. I think it's over, guys. Does this seem reasonable? Did we discuss this tenant? Also, this is like two and a half hours. I have to edit this, guys. Why do we do this every time?
2: Because we have so many good things to talk about. And science is one of my favorite things because there are just so many, so many things you can discuss about it. And it's incredible. This is
1: insane. I have to edit this now. And that's where I'll end this one. If you'd like to take part in discussions like these, Feel free to join us all in Satanic Delco. If you've got a moment, I'd love for you to visit the website at hailsatanpodcast.com. Stay safe out there and hail Satan.